There's more to life than a little money, you know. And here you are, and it's a beautiful day. Darn tootin', Marge Gunderson. Oh, you betcha we're gonna avoid the wood chipper and hop on into a new episode of the podcast. Hey there, I'm Tom. I go by the moniker Mr. T as well. Back from a recent trip out west where the temperatures were 80 degrees difference than back at home in Minnesota. Yikes. Find all the mini golf designs, reviews, and more for myself and the Pink Putter at a coupleputs.com and on social media at Couple Putts. If you're looking for course and or whole design work, go to minigolfdesigners.com and you can find some of our merch at minigolfgoods.com. And I'm Pat, the co-founder of the Minigolf website and social media conglomerate, The Putting Pink. I'm going to be honest, this time of year, my focus is normally on football and hockey, and especially this year because my beloved Bruins and BU Terriers are at the top of their leagues right now, although bless the Terriers lost the opening game of the Beanpot this week. So sad as a New Englander, well, at least as a Terrier fan, I guess if you were Northeastern, you were fine by that. But anyways, mini golf is never far from the top of my mind, especially when you're a Penguin. And you can find all of our Penguin antics by looking for Putting Penguin on most of the major social media networks. And while you're out there scrolling, don't forget to follow the podcast mini accounts as well. And since you're clearly in love with our podcast, make sure you're liking, subscribing, and giving us a great review wherever you choose to listen to podcasts. And of course, you know, this is the official podcast of the American Mini Golf Alliance, the AMA. We're here helping grow the competitive game of mini golf. And in this episode, we're going to be announcing our 2023 schedule tonight. Become a new member for free at amaminigolf.com or even renew. We've got the 2023 membership cards in and we're going to be mailing them out in the next couple of weeks. You can find all the details on becoming a member of AMA as well as playing in many of the tournaments over at amaminigolf.com. I already said that. It's worth repeating. It's worth repeating. All right. So you want? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, no, no. You please. <laughs> All right. So we talk about launching our schedule of mini golf events. So really, what we're talking about is in real life events because we've already started the AMA season with two virtual events. Last time we were on, we talked a little bit about the upcoming. Put 18 and walkabout events that were coming on in January. And here we can recap a little bit of where we stood. Um, also, again, you, you follow us on social media or you've been on the website. You've seen some of this already. But the first event we had was the Put 18 event. Um, so that was played starting on January 13th, which is a Friday. It ran through Saturday the 21st. We ended up with 20 overall competitors, um, mostly from the United States, but had a couple of folks from the United Kingdom in there as well. And some really amazing scores. The top three were really interesting. Um, Dave Gom ended up winning the event, and he is a OG putt 18er from the UK. He's I think, shares the world record for lowest round at this point. I believe was so. A, a whole, yeah, so like not terribly 55? surprising. Yeah, something in the 50s. I don't think he quite hit 54 yet, but it's pretty low. Now, needless to say, he did not shoot that, but he shot well enough to blow everybody else out of the water, take the top spot. But then we had two walk, or not walkabout, put 18 newcomers take the second and third spot. But like if you've played against them in real life, you would not have been surprised at all. And it was Justin Seymour who, the only thing I would say surprising about that is he's coming off of major back surgery in October playing with a stand-up putter so completely different and he's still out there knocking everybody's socks off playing he came in second and then Sevi Kukielka who we've talked about before on the, the podcast coming out of the UK as well really great in real life player and he managed to, to take the rest of the podium there so an interesting mix um, you could anybody who played got at least one bonus point, which I was happy about because I absolutely crapped the bed on my rounds, which has been a theme for me, apparently, as we've gone into the World League. But, I mean, I think it was a really great event. We had a lot of um, interactivity. It was it was a good way to start off 2023 for the AMA. Yeah, I, I had a blast. It was weirdly enjoyable watching everybody, especially a lot of newcomers to Putt 18, 
try it out for the first time and you get to see sort of what's going on in their house. We had Wilson Engel, who was on Holy Moly, play Pod 18. We had Matt Lyles, who did really well in last year's AMA season. And probably one of my favorite people to watch was Mick Cullen, who won our AMA season last year. He played Browns, but on top of it, he played with his son, Max Cullen, who was so energetic and fabulous. And during Mick's round, he might have had the best and sweetest distraction where he said something along the lines of, to Mick, his father, I'm really glad that you're my my dad. How do you even putt after that? I mean, I'm that, that like I couldn't think of a better way to distract Mick. And yeah, he just sweet kid, great energy, and that's exactly what we want in the AMA. Yeah, I want to I want to see all that in, in real life events. I mean, the, the pure joy out of hitting anywhere in the target was absolutely. St- <laughs> I, I I wish I could find that. I mean, I guess I have that joy these days because I can't hit the target at the rate <laughs> I'm going. But it it was yes, it, it restored a little faith in mini golf humanity. And I can tell you from playing in real life, he will celebrate after he hits the ball till the time the ball stops you're just like (laughs) wow he's just like oh like it's like clear the ball's not going to go in but he's not sure and i i just love that anticipation and you know i i i think if we're if we're we've covered putt 18 that transitions pretty nicely over to our other virtual event which was on Walkabout Mini Golf, which is available to be played on VR. They have over 30 courses. You've heard us talk about it. And we had two rounds where we were utilizing the results from this really well-organized league within Walkabout Mini Golf's Discord channel. They have this awesome league and tournament system that's all embedded, and we just use the results. They have almost 100 people playing, but for the people to get AMA points, they had to both opt in and to be AMA members. And no surprise, the winner was from Minnesota. It's uh, via Mexico, Jorge Rimblas, who I've played with in real life recently. He won with outstanding scores. He had a minus 24 on Arizona Modern Easy and on the hard course, the Coyote Valley course, he had a minus 21. So he had the best hard course <laughs> score. Yeah, he did that in the tournament, Pat. Coyote Valley is one of my worst. I love it. It's really fun to play. But God, that's like probably 20 strokes better than I play that course. He plays, I believe, if my memory is serving me right, I think it's hole number five, where there's like a clothesline that you're trying to ride to the left of to get the ball all the way down to the lower green down the slope. He plays a shot behind the tee off of the big windmill that gets it down the same path that a straightaway shot would, but it actually gives it a chance for a hole in one. I mean, he's just, and he's a joy to play with. I ended up playing with him in a local league event and he also has played in some puttcraft events. Oddly enough, I played with him twice at Golf Zone. And so hopefully we will see him in person at an event that we'll be talking about that's going to be in person at Golf Zone. Actually, probably right now as you're listening to this. Uh, second place was a league regular, Jimmy Wilson, who had a minus 25 on Arizona Modern and 17 on Coyote Valley. And an upcoming guest of this podcast, Matt Rolstead, Tied for third with Darren Hickman. They had an overall minus 41. Some of the other people in there, we had Stephen Skinner from the UK, Henry uh, King Henry Epstein from Australia, as well as a couple of other people from around the world, including some uh, additional international members. And I just loved with both this and with Putt 18 that these are fully accessible events that you're in a wheelchair, wherever you're located, if you have Wi-Fi and either the device or ability to stream things, you could have played in both of these events and earned some points. And so it gave a unique opportunity for people who may not have known about in real life mini golf events to play. And 
as you'll hear in the upcoming interview that we're going to be doing with Matt Rolstad, spoiler alert, he talks about how Walkabout really was a gateway to playing more in real life mini golf tournaments. Not to be forgotten, probably the highlight that we have up on a recap of the event, Max Cullen once again, wild, wild shot on a tough hole on Arizona Modern, hits the ball so high up in the air, lands it like two feet from the hole. The person he was playing with had incredible rounds and was just cheering him on. Again, Max Cullen, if, they, if we have a Spirit Award, which we probably will, Max Cullen out in the lead with our virtual events. It's not even close. He's just, just the perfect example of what we'd love to see in AMA members, just a joy that exudes from him. And in other news, right after our virtual events on the week of January 23rd, we had the first pop stroke event of 2023 that was held in Orlando. I had talked about having played those courses in our last episode and the headline for the event is Swedes in a sweep. The Swedes came to town, the best players of mini golf from Sweden, and they just crushed it. Gunnar Bengtsson won the singles and $5,000. In the top 10, we had Randy Reeves, Lee Messinger, Greg Newport, Rusty Taylor, another Swede, Alexander Molina, Tim Talley, Matthias Hogloff, another Swede, uh, Frank Bassesi, Rainy Statham, Sevi Kukialka, and Gary English. So a lot of names that if you've been following competitive mini golf across the world were in the money in the singles. It ended up only being 60 people, um, and they ended up all playing those four rounds. So that was interesting. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. And then they had a high roller event, which they had a max of 12, but they only got eight. And all three money positions went to Swedes. We had Hans Olofsson with first place, Matthias Hogloff in second, and Kevin Sundstrom in third. The Swedes just came in and cleaned up, paid for their flights. Good for them. It's it's funny to me because some of my first tournaments that I ever played in on the East Coast that Gary Schiff had helped run – because he was friends with a lot of some of the Swedes too, and Hans being one of them, they would always do the same thing. They'd come over for the tournaments and just absolutely wipe the ground with the rest of us. And I'm like, man, it's like 15 years later, and they are still coming in to the U.S. And I mean, Hans is a multiple time Masters champion, and and I'm not surprised, but like, it's it, it warms my heart a little bit to know that those guys collectively as a country are just so good in mini golf. They. They're impressive, and you can follow all their adventures on social media. I believe their Swedish putting team was their name on Instagram and maybe even over on Facebook as Facebook, well. Facebook, yep. And out of this event was a little bit of a shift for Popstroke, and we're going to talk more about Popstroke in general, but the, the, the highline things are is that their events are now going to have a max of 60 versus 100 people. The entry is going to be down to $275. The purses are going to be down to $15,000. So this last tournament that took place was supposed to be $25,000, but it was based on max capacity. So it was at $15,000. And the high roller is not listed online, but I imagine they're probably reconfiguring it. The cool thing about the events is that right now they're guaranteed three rounds for everybody and they're a single day event. The next event is February 20th in Fort Myers then followed by an event on April 16th in Tampa, and then May 7th in Houston. The championship is still set for late October in Scottsdale. Even though it's at a course that's still being built, I imagine everything will be done in time. I know that they're going to open up a course in Glendale, Arizona, as well as Delray Beach, and I had heard rumors of an Austin, Texas course. But yeah, there's going to be a lot of things shifting and moving with pop stroke it's kind of in flux and we're hoping by the next episode we'll know more about their upcoming events based on what happens in fort myers um, because that'll be in the books by the next time we record but uh i don't know any quick thoughts that you had pat about just sort of the shift 
that pop stroke is already taken in their events moving from $25,000 singles purses and $60,000 high roller purses to now just a $15,000 purse. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's been interesting that we've talked about this a little bit offline, but it seemed like they were shooting for the moon a little bit after Mm -hmm. an extremely successful championship event in October. And I always had concerns that we've seen some of this. And I mean, even we ran into it trying to do the summit and stuff where mm-hmm. the, it, the audience and the market and the sport has not quite shown that that's sustainable. So I think it's good that they're recognizing that and not trying to push on, uh, be very interested to see, like you mentioned how, or if, things pivot even more after Fort Myers. Um, I would like them to be successful. I mean, it seems like they have the right, you know, backing. You got Tiger, you've got, the, you know, mm-hmm. the, the network of courses and they're growing. So, and it's, it's good for the game to have that type of stuff out there. But I just, you know, you, you wonder if you, they, they shot their shot a little bit uh, too fast here and should have, should have played some strategy out, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. And it'll certainly give us something to talk about throughout the year. Indeed, but we have a bigger agenda on this episode because we want to talk about a different season of competitive mini golf that we have pretty much fully ready to announce, which is the American Mini Golf Alliance 2023 season. It's here. Well, Finally. Well, yeah, I guess it is here. By the time you're listening to this, we actually will have been putting in person. It's true. And it's very possible that one or two events get added later in the year, but no promises and didn't want to put anything up where we haven't really confirmed with people. Top line thing is that we really want to grow the AMA to be in a wider range of places. So we're not going to just add in more tournaments in places where they're already happening. But as of right now, I'll just start off with the, general overview we're going to end up having three events in minnesota one in georgia two in new jersey one event that's going to be spread out across kind of the greater chicago milwaukee area two in maine two in connecticut one in pennsylvania two in missouri and one in ohio on top of virtual events so we're getting out there but ideally we're getting to more and more places and uh We have four different tiers of tournaments. We have blue, white, red, and our virtual tournaments. And Pat, why don't you start sort of giving an overview? We had talked about our point scoring tiers, but sort of the rationale for the different scoring tiers. Yeah, and even before getting that, just playing a little bit off about the expansion stuff, I think we were very conscious not only of location but size too right because there is a lot of stuff that's happening out there but you know honestly as anybody who follows us know like tom me aaron like this ain't our primary mini golf thing so Mm -hmm. also trying to make sure that we can manage a bunch of extra tournaments and i think the way we've expanded this year from last year and, and looking out to the next year is it's you know something that we can achieve you know, pretty well and keep on top of. So kind of that theme of, I was wondering about pop stroke. I think we had that very much in mind of not to like overextend ourselves. So, um, and then that's why we have these tournaments and look for certain things. So yeah, when we were looking at the tiers, I mean, last year, you know, we really only ended up with white and red and we had had intentions to have a blue tournament tier, but really what we were trying to do is give groupings of tournaments that had similar characteristics in terms of size, competitiveness, um, just knowing that not every tournament is created the same um, and really has the same impact in terms of field and stuff. So the the way we looked at it is if you look at our blue tournaments this year, we would really put those as maybe not necessarily our majors yet, but where that color of tournament will end up if we continue on years here would probably be the major tournaments, right? Like those are the ones that have some of the longest run to it, the biggest fields to it, the most competitive fields, some of the higher purses there. Um, We'll talk about what falls in each of them, but then going to the, you know, and it'll get the most amount of points as like we talked about on previous episodes. And then the white 
again, would be that next level down, a very established, um, you know, competitive, maybe not quite at that same level of blue tournaments that we have. And then the red being a little bit more of the catch-all of your, if we were going to run a tournament for the first year is the AMA, maybe it goes into red unless it's something that's been established. But that that's where we're really going to try to umbrella a lot of tournaments to get in un, under here. And then our goal is to really take a look at this every year and say, well, where do these things fall? I mean, there is a natural, you know, unfortunately, sometimes you'll lose tournaments or tournaments will shrink down in size. I mean, you see this in any sport, right? Whether mm -hmm. it's, it's golf tournaments or even things like NASCAR events get moved around all the time and different levels of prestige of when they're held and things like that. So, yeah, you know, th that's one of the things that we're going to take a look at year after year. And, you know, if we get one of these red tournaments that all of a sudden blow up and you got 60, 70 people and it's super competitive that, you know, we'll move into a different tier. So that's the way we were thinking about it. And like I said, we're going to continue to, to reassess it, but also the way we've got the points this year, I think it gives a pretty good um, opportunity. The geographically they're mm -hmm. pretty dispersed within you know, the, the divisions. So, you know, pretty much, you know, if you live in the general area that we have our tournaments, which is mostly the North Midwest right now, we're starting to expand a little bit into the, the Southern areas. You can hit a red, white, and blue tournament relatively, maybe not easily, but it, it's possible. You don't have got to fly all over the place to, to hit one in each division. And and I should say that was intentional. You did hear that there were three tournaments in Minnesota, and that was a question that I brought up to the other organizers, being from here, that I'm like, I don't want to advantage myself, and one of the tournaments is a new one, and it's on a course that's really great for competitive mini golf, but I've never done one there, and I was just like, let's make that a red as well as our other one in, that we have coming up in this next week that we'll mention and that reason was, is that if you are going to get in the red, white, and blue tier, you have to travel. Same goes if you are located in Wisconsin or the Chicagoland area. There's going to be two tournaments in your tiers that are not going to be terribly far away. They're not going to be super close, but you're probably going to have to come to Minnesota or drive down to Branson to hit the other tier. And that's really intentional. I mean, there's a ton of tournaments in Connecticut and in the Northeast and what O Street's doing and what you're doing, Pat, that you could easily have them be really close. But if you want to play in all three tiers, you are going to have to travel. So for Pat, it's going to be going to Maine. And for people in Maine, it's going to be having to travel to probably New Jersey or Connecticut and so on and so forth. With the idea that over time, ideally, we are able to get where we have a spread of multiple tournaments in every state and people have to travel a little bit, but it forces people to not always be playing on their home course and having that real advantage. And it's huge, you know, and some some players defy that advantage, like Mick Cullen, who won it last season, won the miniest mini golf open with two amazing rounds he won the whole thing and he had played lily putt only a couple days before and justin seymour last year did the same thing he <laughs> he won more out of out of state yeah than he did in his own state and so i think it's to reward the people that we're seeing are just consistently playing well and it's something that we're always going to adjust um, not mentioned within there, again, our virtual tournaments that we've talked about at Nazum at this point, Put 18 and Walkabout. I think the thing that I forgot to mention is that the hope is there'll be another opportunity on both Put 18 and Walkabout later in the year, maybe even multiple. I think with Put 18, it's a little bit more challenging when we're scoring. Both Walkabout, if we can utilize those results from that league, we might be able to have three or four opportunities for people to earn some bonus points that way. So we'll see. But the idea is, is that we want to give lots of opportunities for people to get some points, to show off their skill, and to ultimately get us somewhere around where do you rank up against everybody. It's not only about that. 
I think it's just for people to see like who's sort of in my same realm of ability. And that can be a really good thing to know. Like I want to play with people at my own skill level versus like I can go out and play around with Olivia and Greg Newport and whoever else are some of the top putters, you know, at the masters and go and practice and get my clock cleaned and feel like I'm no good at the game versus you play with people about your same level and you kind of learn a little bit more in those cases and you feel like you can have a little bit of a even playing field. Of course, you always want to be able to test yourself against the best players, but yeah, that's the thought. But I guess we should probably jump into the jump into the schedule, huh? Yeah, let's let's do it. Let's go through the year. And let's kick it off at the top with the blue level tournaments that have 30 points at stake plus the top 7 places get can earn bonus points. And our first blue tournament of the year is the first weekend in August. And this is a new one. This is a big one that is really excited. It's going to be the 21st Red Putter Pro Tournament in Ephraim, Wisconsin. You've heard the past episodes of the podcast. I've talked about how great this tournament is. I wrote the owners and said, hey, is there any reason we have AMA members, aside from myself, playing in this tournament already? Why not just give points based on the results? And they said, sure, why not? You know, why not have an added thing in? And so they are on board. So that'll be August 5th. The next one will be on Sunday, August 13th. It'll be at tea time in New Jersey. And that will be, I believe, the fifth O Street $1,000 tournament at this point. It's the fourth or fifth. They've been doing this for a while. They've been great. I've played in at least two of them. Pat's trying to remember. Didn't it's the fifth because I won the second, and then we've had two at tea time so far. I, I knew you would know that one. <laughs> the next event is near and dear to my co-host's heart. And what is it, Pat? It's the seventh Matterhorn International Pro-Am. So uh, you want to be? That'll be, we're doing uh, September 16th this year. So same format, pro, amateur. We're, we're going to have a, a good time here. We bumped up the purse a little bit so that we hit the $1,000 mark again, giving Aaron a run for his money over in O Street. But really happy to have that on the books again this year, which will then lead into the last of the blue tournaments, which I think you should talk about. Which is the fourth Miniest mini golf open at Lily Putt in Minnesota with qualifying September 16th to 23rd with a championship of two rounds on the 24th. It'll be a great one. We'll talk about those all in more detail. The one thing I did want to mention, correct me if I'm wrong, Pat, the Matterhorn is our only tournament that allows for use of mini golf balls, correct? Yes. We, we allow the use of the European golf balls and at, um, I don't know how we do this at other tournaments. I mean, you can actually use multiple regular golf balls, but yeah, that's part of the international flair because if you've ever visited Matterhorn, you know you are in Switzerland for the time you are on that course, and Autumn does a great job of Disney-fying that experience. So if you have them you want to use them, there, there's a couple holes where I think it makes a difference. I always try to use something just because it's fun to play with. I don't know if it makes me play any better or not but uh yeah th that's our our shout out to the international sport of mini golf and then we move on to our white tier where they have a max of 20 points and bonus points to the top five our first event is going to be a new one it's our event in the south it's gonna be the putters league championship and in roswell georgia at area 51 it's being put on by brian Akers, who's a mini golf pro in the area who's fantastic and has been doing the putters league Atlanta. That's going to be on Saturday, April 1st. So don't be a fool and definitely play in that. The next event is going to be the 26th MC mini masters. The courses will be TBD. They'll likely be in the greater Chicago land, Wisconsin area, but it will be an all day event on June 24th. 
the Maine open at Tabor's in what city in Maine is that in, Pat? That's in Auburn, Maine, right on the, the lake. That's uh that's the only one we got a little bit of schedule conflict with because it's also the first weekend in August, but yeah, that's why we got stuff all over in the different divisions. But that's the, it's a different day than it's a different day. Red Technically, Potter. you could do both of them. You could fly into Portland and hit up the main one. That's their ninth tournament, so they're almost to, to double digits there. And the last of the white tournaments, Pat, you are quite familiar with. Yeah, that one's the the Farmington Miniature Golf Tournament. I think that one's on 42 years. Yes, 42 years. That's in Farmington. That's on Sunday, August 20th. Um, that one, uh, I got to figure out what I'm, t- I'm doing. I'm the defending champ, but I've also been asked to go to Sweden for some WMF stuff that same weekend. So we will have to see what happens there. But that is a, a great old school 50s 60s course there that um actually is really having farmington be part of the ama last year really helped to bring up the profile of that tournament and we actually saw one of the largest fields we've had in like the past four or five years there so that was really awesome i'm glad we've got them in as a a white tournament this year to showcase that and then on to red and so in blue and white we have four tournaments in each and red we have eight right now the first one is going to be the coziest mini golf open at Golf Zone in Chaska, Minnesota, that the qualifying starts Saturday, February 11th, and it goes through Saturday, February 18th. You're probably listening to this while it's happening already. Championship will be on the 19th. We're going to have a guest come on and talk more about the coziest mini golf open, but that's going to be our first event of the year, and we're going to follow it up. A week later, the O Street Winter Classic is once again going to be part of the AMA season. It's going to be at the Jersey Devil Golf and Fun Center in Winslow Turnpike, New Jersey, Saturday, February 25th. I had alluded to earlier a new tournament in Minnesota, and we have a course called the Loon's Nest that's at Island Lake Golf. And we have the miniest mini golf open, and we have the coziest mini golf open. So why wouldn't we call it the looniest mini golf open? It's going to be at Island Lake Golf. It's going to be on Saturday, May 13th, National Mini Golf Day. And this is going to be our one event where it's not going to have a qualifying period. We're just going to do a straight up three round tournament. We haven't done that yet as a couple of putts. So this is going to be kind of something new for us to try out. And again, this is also red like the coziest. So you're not getting into all three tiers. Another new one to the circuit is going to be the Shack Mini Golf Open in Mannheim, PA on Saturday, August 26th. That'll be followed up by one that Pat is familiar with. Tell us about the next event in September in the Red Division. Yeah, so that one's going to be the 30th Dolphin Open. So big celebration that they're hoping to have this year. That one's up in Booth Bay, Maine, it's September 9th and 10th. It's actually, I think, our only two-day tournament that the AMA hosts because Mm -hmm. it's 10 rounds, but it's an absolute wonderful event at a great time of year up in Maine. And that is going to be followed by a couple that we're going to have out in Missouri. So we've got the Branson Open. That's the end of September on September 23rd at the Native Hut Mini Golf that's in Branson, Missouri. That one um, is the second year that it's an AMA event. We had that the Branson Open on last year. And then we've added the Show Me Putters Tour Championship, which is later on in October, October 21st. That's at a couple different courses, Native Hut and Fun Acres, both in that Branson area there as well. So some good Midwest showing in the Red Division this year. And we have one final tournament that I'm going to mention because we have it confirmed that it's going to happen as an AMA event. We just don't have the specific date. But Corey Klotz, a putt-putter and pro mini-golfer, has been putting on a tournament at a course called Putters in Ohio. And that tournament is going to happen probably in late October the cool thing about this is, is that this is going to be a putt-putt style course. And I'm just thrilled that we have that option 
in all of our courses. Like if I'm looking through all of our schedule, we have some really amazing novelty courses like Tea Time and Parking that are just fantastic. We have some really traditional putting courses. And then we have this putt-putt course. And I think it's just such a wonderful addition to it. Something with the, the red tournaments that's a little bit different. There's a bonus for the top three places. But the max for these, while it is 15 points for first place, it is based on turnout. Some of these turnouts in the past have had less than 15 people. If that's the case, the top place will be based on the amount of people that play in the tournament. So if nine people play in the tournament, first place gets nine. This is a way so that the person who comes in last, and this isn't like intentional, is always going to get one versus like in the past last year, we had some tournaments where there's 20 points available and only 10 people playing. And somehow then you have the person who comes in last getting 10. We're not trying to be punitive towards people coming in last. We're just trying to have a rubric with scoring that sort of lines up and makes sense with all the other tournaments. And again, we'll just, if we're seeing that these tournaments should move up because their turnouts are really great. And that's our hope. Yeah. I mean, I would say if you're playing a red tournament, like bring a friend, (laughs) make sure you get to that 15, right? So you can get the most amount of points. And I think these are also probably the, some of the best entry tournaments into competitive play too, as well. So yeah, I mean, you mentioned it. I think we've got a really great span of location, type of courses. I mean, Tabers is like that that traditional, it's a Harris course, right? So it's yep. it's all the way on like the real competitive side of things along with the putt-putt ones and then everything else in between, we got you covered. So there's plenty of opportunities to play a lot of different stuff. And we mentioned it on the top. I mean, all of these are going to have event stuff on the AMA page. Most of them are up there right now. Some of them have some details. You know, TBD is, you know, some of the ones that are further out in the year. There's some stuff that just is nailed down in terms of registration forms and, and stuff like that. But the, the dates are confirmed. You can start finding hotels, planning your vacations, yep. doing all that sort of good stuff. Call up your buddies in the area and say, hey, block off block off these dates. Let's go play some mini golf. Yeah. And and I should say just with some of these tournaments that might have smaller turnouts, it's by no means diminishing some of the competitors in them, those Branson tournaments. I know that like Eric Feig, who organizes them and Jody Kimball and a number of the other people that play in them have shown some ridiculous scores in the Show Me Putters group, which is a group of Missouri, mostly Branson based tournaments. So Yeah. And then I expect that putters tournament, you know, they had a smaller turnout last year, but Corey told me that, you know, they're working to make sure they have a date that's not conflicting with like pop stroke and or putt putt stuff going on. And the people in those circuits and some of the scores you see come out of them are pretty wild. So I expect all these tournaments are going to have a really good mix of players. And at the top, those players who win, they're all going to get bonus points. And that's sort of what we really want to reward in every tier. Those are going to be the parts that are going to be additive. Again, you can go back to our podcast where Pat did a fantastic job articulating all of the scoring rubric. And you can go on the website and see more of it. But, you know, as I said, we have two events coming up right away. We'll have more details on the AMA website of the annual Winter Classic as we get them from O Street. So stay tuned to their social media as well as ours. And the other event that we have coming up for the AMA that's just right around the corner. In fact, by the time you're listening to this, the coziest open will have already begun. It's taking place at Golf Zone in Chaska, Minnesota. And we thought, why not have a guest talk about this course and this tournament? And we have a fantastic guest, Matt Rolstad from Minnesota, who has been a regular in the Puttcraft League, just won an event there, and took third last year at the Coziest Open. We're bringing him on. So welcome to you, Matt. Thanks for having me there, Tom and Pat. Honored to be on here. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on. And we just wanted you to start off and talk about all the different things you're involved with in the mini golf world, because you're involved with a lot. 
Yeah, it's been kind of a whirlwind, and it really all started when I got an Oculus, like back in July 2021, you know, and then I discovered Walkabout, like probably about a month later, downloaded that, you know, started playing that, and like, man, this is pretty cool, like felt like so real and everything, like, remember like playing that first hole on Tourist Trap, and it was just like, geez, seriously, this is like the real thing, but... <laughs> And it's really just kind of from there, that's when I discovered like the Discord server for the walkabout and then eventually met Sean Brown on there. I can't remember if it was on that or the ladder leagues or whatever, but but yeah, he posted a thing on the Discord server about the next event and it was for like December 4th, 2021. And I was like, oh man, this is cool. And then he also posted stuff about the um, the second miniest open of how he had that one and i'm like thinking oh damn i wish i would have known about that sooner because it was had just taken place sort of deals like if i had known about that i totally would have been there but um but yeah anyways and so wait that does that mean that your first putcraft event and for those of you who don't know putcraft is a minnesota-based like mini golf league that a number of us based here play in almost a monthly event. So was your first putt craft event at golf zone down in Chaska? It was, it was the first putt craft one there. And yeah, it was my first event at golf zone there. So I've, well, I've had five events there now and I've played in four of them. Nice. And you live just right around the corner, right, Matt? Yeah. Just like 10 minutes away. Kind of consider it my course of sorts. And so being your home course, Instead of having me and hearing me talk about a course, I would rather have someone who's played this course for a while give a little bit of a flavor for it, like describe the course and kind of maybe offer some tips to people who are going to be playing. Well, as you know, Todd, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of got that Northwoods feel. I mean, it's like it's real. The name of the course is like called like think the Big Bear, something like that. Big Bear Mini Putt. Big Bear Mini Putt, yeah, it's uh, and I don't know, it's it's been there for a while. I mean, I'm hoping that they uh, redo the turf sometime soon because I think it's like the original turf since the place opened. Of course, it's been good because obviously, as you know, it closed down for like a few years. I can't mm-hmm. remember exactly the timeline there, but I think it was like at least five years it was shut down. Mm-hmm. Our new ownership took it over, and and well. Back in the future, I had played the indoor course under the previous ownership, but I had got there too late to have played. They had an outdoor putting course, and Matt, you had played that once yourself, correct? Yes. Yeah, like once with my wife back when we were dating. So it was like that, like 20-something years ago. (laughs) I think it was called something like, it wasn't called Golf Zone back then. It was called like Rain, Snow, Shine Golf because they like the driving range in the back that's like indoors and heated so you can play there year round but yeah they had like the outdoor putting course like it was like two different well no it was one 18 hole course and they also had like a nine hole like little par three regular golf course as well but um yeah the putting course is uh was a lot like centennial lakes here in Adina, except you know not nearly as extravagant you know because that course is huge and real grass in real grass, you know, it's like, yeah, just like you would think it's like you're putting like on an actual green grass and then like thicker grasses, you're rough and sand traps and water hazards, the whole gamut just, you know, it was this little smaller scale. It was pretty fun though. But Big Mare Mini Putt, you've won on there and you've been very competitive on that course a number of times. So, you know, this Northwoods course, like what are the tips that you can offer to someone stepping up to the course for the first time breathe for one don't get too crazy i guess (laughs) you know um i mean the course plays pretty fast and so i mean you really don't have to hit the ball very hard on very many holes even the ninth hole which you know is that snail hole it's like that's one you probably hit it the hardest to get it like a round kind of deal but very ace heavy Yes, it's, you know, there's like, I think 
probably only two holes on that course that really isn't aceable. Yep. And maybe even one really that isn't, I know isn't aceable. Cause then you got hole seven would be the other one, but that would be very highly unlikely. Cause that's the one that's got the little two, five different pipe holes and you go down to the lower level. Yeah. It's wild. It's like a volcano pipe in the middle. Yep. Two holes, two pipes on each side. And then there's like a drop down area that you can opt to just avoid the pipes altogether, which I kind of advise anyways, to get to the lower green. Then the lower green has some has some fun breaks. If you're behind the cup, it's a it's a pretty sharp uh left to right break. Yeah, it's yeah, you know, that's one you definitely don't wanna be further than foot and a half, two feet from the cup, other very dicey putt. I try to like get it so it lines up so it kind of ends up, you know, a foot and a half behind the hole. It kind of seems to be the best route to get it in for a two. Any other tips like plays fast, but do you, you know, are there, is there one hole where you have a good piece of advice, you know, to avoid or not avoid something? Oh boy. So, um, what's the hole that gives you trouble? <laughs> Well, I know 17 is definitely one that's uh can give you a lot of trouble if you know which one I'm talking about the little bit downhill. Oh, yes. The last event was the only hole I bogeyed both rounds. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean it's you start at the top with the course playing as fast as it does, you really only have to give it like a little tap just to get to that it just rolls like a snowball like down the hill and you just kind of hope it finds its way through the little channel into the hole. And there's a way to play around this small channel, but unlike in the Puttcraft in our local league event where they don't use the the zero option for shots on any of the holes, in the miniest open we go by the course rules that give you an option on a handful of holes to get a zero on your first shot, and that's one of them. So you know, you play it safe and you get a three versus a zero is a huge game changer versus, you know, playing it, you know, getting an ace. So it's there. There's a couple of holes like that. And that's the unique thing about that course is we'll mm-hmm. have a couple of videos up is that they have the zero shots. Is there of the, you know, the what are there? Five or four? There's four zero of them. Sh- Which one do you like the most? You have hole five is that one where it's like, well, you have the hole that's up on top of like a little ledge, a little ledge, like a sharp uphill in the corner. And then it like dog legs downhill to the left where there's a second cup. Um, then I mean, see, then there's hole 14. That's the one with the three holes called the bear claw. You know, that's one where I think it was at the one in the middle or on the one on the right. If you ace it, you get a zero. And of course, zero on those. 17, you put it through the eye on your first try. It's a zero. And then hole 18 is the, that's the other zero. Which is like a weird uphill one. Right. Well, that's the one. Yeah. It's like you hit it. And if you miss it, it just goes down into like a little fish bowl, like a thing area. Cause that ball doesn't stay on the course. So that's why it's either a zero or it's a two. So with zero holes, ace heavy, I mean, what do you look at for a really good score on that course? Well, let me think. So last year, I had the lowest qualifying score with a 32, I believe it was. And I know Sean Brown was one behind me at a 33. Um, I mean, I, you know, 29 and under is definitely possible if you hit those zero shots. Yeah. You know, I mean, Tom up with there. I can't remember. You had I had two thirty fours, and those are my best rounds. And I saved them for the for the two round championship last year. So, uh, um, I you know I I played a thirty played a thirty five without the zero shots at the last Puttcraft event, and I felt pretty good about that. The deuces, you know, everything around the cup plays fast. There's funky breaks. And so I would say if you can play a really clean round with getting all of your deuces and getting two of those zeros, 
you're, you know, you're looking at really low thirties. And I think those are going to be the, those are going to be the rounds that people want. And last year when we did the coziest open, as Matt alluded to that golf zone had been closed for a while. So people hadn't, you know, been playing it and really working on dialing in those shots, but you know, much like the miniest open where we've been doing that at Lily Putt, where the scores just keep getting lower and lower every year. I expect probably in the championship, the winning scores are going to be in those low 30s and they're going to have both rounds have to be that unless people blow up and we'll see, you know, anything can happen on that course. I mean, when I won it last year, I hit the zero shot on both 14 and 17 in what is that, the last five holes to win it. And that was a huge difference. I think Sean had one three in there. And I don't know that he got any of the zero shots. And that's a big shift. Back nine, really, Tom. It's that, that whole back yeah. nine is very aceable. Yeah. Everything's aceable. I mean, you step up at 10, it kind of goes into this little basin and then back uphill where if you hit it too fast, it can roll back on you. But you can play it off the back wall for an ace. 11 have had really good luck with. But, you know, that in 12 where there's like a sand trap behind the hole, the shots are really soft. And the turf, especially on 12 where there's a lot of sand from the sand trap that's compacted into the turf, those mm -hmm. balls, those deuce putts just move. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like putting on concrete. But, but yeah, I we're going to expect to see Matt at the coziest open. But I also wanted... Uh, you to give a chance to uh, shout out some of the walkabout stuff you're doing because, correct me if I'm wrong, you're also helping manage a Discord channel and a league on walkabout. Yeah, well, that kind of happened by accident, you know, but I just, um, it's the, it's, it's like an esports match play league that's just started up like, mm, like, like what, maybe three, four months ago now? Something like that. We're into season three right now, and each season's like seven weeks long. I don't know. I'll do the math on that. Is that three, four months somewhere in there? But uh, yeah. So you know, we got Stephen Skinner. I know he's the one that started that up, and I don't know. And I just kind of started like it's just a unique format where it's match play, but it's not traditional match play where instead of saying one up, two up, two down, that kind of thing you just get a point for a hole one. So you win a hole, you go up one zero. And then you win another one, you're up two zero. And then you play all 18 holes regardless of how it's going. So if you're up three with two to play, you still play those last two holes to get like kind of a final score for that round. Mm -hmm. You play three rounds, one on a home course that you selected. You play against everybody in your league and you play the your opponent's home course and then you play a neutral course. So three rounds total. And then we kind of have like the big table, you know, with, you know, wins, losses, and then the whole differential as a tiebreaker in case of any points, ties and points. Um, and I know Steven, he's got like plans. He's got like a cup competition for like the regions, like for region, like for like East, like the Atlantic coast, you got the East earned time zone, central and West. And then of course there's like European, they got their, all their own regions. And now we even got, pretty much worldwide even got people in australia nice. out that specific it's just a huge league and it's like i'm like dude you're biting off are you sure you have time to do all this <laughs> <laughs> and those of you who don't know stephen skinner he's uh from the uk i believe wales and if i'm wrong right. uh he'll probably smack me um but uh he is he plays in the bmga the british mini golf association and deeply involved there and in the competitive tournaments. And this is a cool little uh, match play league that he started that he, he roped me into playing and so far so good. I had my first three matches and I think the guy that I was playing against is a little bit of a newbie in the game, but was very nice, but got my first win. So uh, I like match play so far. <laughs> and it's kind of down there in the bottom. So yeah, I mean, it's going to be kind of a, crapshoot as to what kind of player you're going to get is it going to be good is it going to be not so good that kind of deal he seemed nice i i, I know that he had I, I think he was also like on 
child duty or something while he was playing. So I I could feel for him, but we had a fun time. And that's kind of, that's, that's the thing that I really love about walkabout. I can, you know, go online and play someone in a round of mini golf on a random, like imaginary course, have the feel be pretty real and have it be with somebody from who knows where I played somebody on Atlantis earlier tonight. And I think they were from maybe Memphis and they now live in New York. So it's like, cool. It's just random people playing uh, at any time of the day. And then you have these leagues where you get people that are serious and tend to be a little bit more dedicated and probably a little bit nicer to play with than your random person who just sits there and waves like the putter in your face while you're trying to putt. I've played with on there has been a joy to play with. I mean, I have yeah. running characters too that, you know, are a little bit difficult to put up with, but you know, <laughs> um, that goes in real life too. I guess. True. <laughs> but I feel Very like true. it's more good than bad, um, by, a, by, by a mile. And it's, uh, it's nice to see that that translates online too, but, um, but yeah, so check out that league. Anything else uh, you want to mention before uh, we part ways, Matt? You know, I mean, that league is a lot of fun. So, I mean, if you guys are on walkabout, I'd recommend joining it. It's a lot of fun. I think it's unique and it's not really like any other league that's on there. Well, there you go. And we'll have Matt back on again on the podcast down the road as he is a Minnesota-based putter. And as you know already, we have quite a few AMA tournaments in Minnesota and Matt's done well in all of them. So we'll probably have him on for a little bit longer, hear a little bit more about his history with the game of mini golf, but thanks for coming on, Matt. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. Thanks again, Matt, for coming on the episode and it feels perfect to go into our sponsor. Pat, who's our sponsor? <laughs> So our sponsor for the podcast and MA is Walkabout Mini Golf. And so obviously we've talked about it a bunch already today and we've talked about a lot of our history, but uh, Walkabout Mini Golf is the VR game most popularly played on Oculus, but it's got some other platforms that you can play it on. And it is definitely one of the best video games either of us have ever played in our lives and probably, well, not even probably, it's definitely the best mini golf video game I've ever played in my life. Um, Tom talked about it uh, with the interview in terms of um, how Matt got on some stuff and also just the the general playing groups there. It's You can play with anybody, any amount of time. You can have conversations. It's like being on the course. People are really great on there. We're so excited that that's expanded with not only our group of friends who've played, but, you know, as they've heard and um, expanded to other folks as well, it's just really growing a fantastic community that we are really happy to be partnered with both in real life and on the virtual course. And really, you know, outside of the cost of, you know, the headset, which is still pretty reasonable compared to most video game systems these days, and you can actually buy it, unlike an Xbox or PS5, uh, you really just need a solid Wi-Fi signal. And they just released the Atlantis course, what was it, two weeks ago now? That is absolutely stunningly beautiful. Mm -hmm. And you can ride marine animals in a very humane way, because I wouldn't suggest ever doing that in the actual ocean. But they're up to 32 courses and we know they have a slate of things that are going to be coming out in 2023. And we're really excited to see what they bring us this year. And I had no idea about this riding of marine animals. So that means we need to wrap up this episode. <laughs> Big thoughts, mini golf, because I need to get on some Atlantis. I rode a turtle for like five minutes yesterday. It was great. That is amazing. Okay. Big thoughts, mini golf. I know this may ruffle a few feathers, but I'd like to kindly ask if we can reconsider some of the language we use on the mini golf course. I'm not talking about swearing, which I'm very guilty of, but I'm really talking about of all the gendered negative language. Saying I hit that ball like a little girl, or talking about having a purse on the mini golf course as a negative is just lazy. 
you can easily just say that you didn't give it enough gas or hit it hard enough. The game of mini golf has already benefited from strong play and the character from the likes of our last guest, Olivia Prokopova, as well as other seasoned competitors like Paula Gay and Vanette Block. On top of that, the AMA, Couple Putts, and Putting Penguin wouldn't be where they are today without the help of Mandy Ranslow and Robin Schwartzman. We all want to grow the game of miniature golf, so let's take steps to make it more welcoming and inclusive to everyone. With that, we're at the 19th hole, so until next time, Put one ready. <laughs>